Earl Grey for Jeremy? That's over here. Thank you. All right. So today joining me at a Lulz Cafe is my friend Peyton. Peyton is a student here at Moody Bible Institute and been studying with me in nonprofit communications and media strategies. And in that process, we talked through a book called From the Garden of the City. We talked through that book in media strategies and talked through some of the implications of technology. So last week, uh, we sat down with Professor Schneider and talked through what technology means and said, you know, okay, technology is the tools and systems that humans use to shape their world. Uh, but this week, I want to talk a little bit about how we use technology to create our own independence. That, that if we say we believe the story that we talked about before uh, in an earlier episode, the story of redemption history, that humans were created in the image of God and made to be creative, but fallen and broken, sinful people. How do we use them to be rebellious? to help us become more independent from God, to actually allow us to think that we can live without him. And so we talked about this a little bit in class, but I just wanted Peyton to come in and hang out and talk about it a bit. So thank you for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest keys that we talked about in this was that pretty much almost as soon as Adam and Eve leave the garden, they start establishing their independence from God and often using technology. And, and we talked even a little bit about uh, Jacques Allo, the patron saint of this cafe, and how he wrote a book called the, From the, the Meaning of the City and talked about how Cain created a city to be independent. But this is something that we keep talking about in terms of technology, and it feels like, a, okay, this is a really big topic, but this is something we're all kind of wrestling with right now. How is this technology making me feel like I'm in control of my life in ways that aren't actually true? Yeah. So how, how do you how are you wrestling with that? Yeah, I um, personally am like a very control based person. And I think technology has um, very much played a part into that of giving me the the illusion that I'm in a lot more control than I am. And honestly, when COVID hit, I like greatly that like broke a lot of my like illusion of controls that I'm sure it did for a lot of other people and so well hold on what why would you say it broke how, how did it break that yeah I think I mean we had this worldwide pandemic that none of us expected and everything that we thought we had control of was gone for the most part and so things like school and interacting with people like that was all gone and everything was unpredictable and we had no idea when it was gonna end um or how things were gonna go and so it was so much bigger than all of us and none of us could influence it. And so I think that was like my, a big realization that I like no longer like thought I had control over like <laughs> the life that I was living. And so it helps really trust the Lord in that. Yeah. I mean, even, even though we had the technology to say, Hey, we're going to do zoom school or we're going to, uh, you know, hop on and talk to people on FaceTime or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, even make phone calls or texts or we could send emails or even work from home because we had Wi-Fi there. It was very clear that the technology itself wasn't going to just clap your hands and everything goes away. Yeah. We were very much at the whim and, and control of this virus that was, you know, mm -hmm. shifting through our culture and, and doing things in that that we couldn't control and we couldn't manage no matter how much technology we threw at it. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Um, so you're saying for you that's that's a, a control mechanism, so to speak, that you use technology, specifically probably more digital technology. So how do you use your technology to manage your life then? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, in a lot of ways, like my Google Calendar has been my lifeline this semester, like <laughs> to control my time, honestly, and like organize it. So that's a big way, honestly, too. Like, sadly, like I have used technology to control my identity. I mean, we can portray whatever we want on the internet, and I like get to choose oftentimes what other people see of me, and I get to control communication. And I'm also someone that gets really frustrated when like other people control that on their end and so when people don't take the time to reply back to me but at the same time I'm sitting here choosing not to reply back to someone else and so I get to often choose and control my interactions with people how I respond when I respond how much of myself that they see um so I think those are just like some core personal ways that I like I'll use technology technology to control the like things in my life yeah and and I think there's a there's a line there, and, and we're going to talk more about that, especially as we get through some further episodes. Mm-hmm. But there's a line there between okay, I, I have to be a good steward. Yeah. I have to you know take good care of the things mm-hmm. that I have and use them for the kingdom. It's the recognition in that moment. It, the the line for stewardship and the line for control mm-hmm. really crosses when we start thinking that it's ours. Yeah. This is my life. This mm-hmm. is my stuff. This is my technology. This is my, and so I'm going to do with it what I want to do with it because it's mine. Yeah. That's the self asserting itself to say, hey, no, 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 this is about me. This whole story is about me. This whole life that I'm living is about me. And the technology keeps reinforcing that. In fact, we generally think, speaking, when we engage technology, especially digital technology right now, uh, we actually have to do something that's fascinating. We have to think about ourselves mm-hmm. first. So, for instance, like you and I are sitting here having a conversation, and I'm looking at you and I'm talking to you, and I don't have to think about me. I can think about yeah. you because I'm looking mm-hmm. at you. But the moment that I mediate that, the moment that I mm-hmm. pick up a phone, I have to think about how am I feeling mm-hmm. and what do I want to say yeah. before I think about you. Mm-hmm. I, I actually spend more time looking at me and thinking about me and, yeah. and making sure that I'm right. Oh, okay, wait, hold on. Let's make sure we comb my hair. Let's make sure we do this before mm-hmm. we put this on. So I think about me before I think about you, Yeah. which is not, which is a fairly new development in the history of communication. Mm-hmm. Even, even in a phone call, like I would still have parts of the conversation where we would engage even uh, orally. So I could say, okay, uh, you know, you're hearing me say, hey, how are you? And you say, fine, how are you? Who's mm-hmm. this? I'm this. Hi, this is this. I'm calling about this. Like, I didn't think about me first. I thought about you first because I'm thinking about who I'm talking to. Technology, digital technology, specifically things like text, Hmm. often allow me to think more about me than about you. Hmm. And in the process, because I start thinking more about me, I think less less about God for sure because I think I can manage all this without him. Like... You just said your calendar. I'm totally with you. I have mm-hmm. calendars yeah. scheduled out by the hour. I know exactly <laughs> when I'm going to be where and what's going on. It's because I'm busy. But if I think that my calendar is what controls my day, yeah. have I missed opportunities like Jesus would have had and taken advantage of where people interrupted his day because they didn't fit in the calendar? Yeah. Yeah, I would completely agree. And that's often a struggle I face is I can be very rigid and I'm always planning one thing to the next. And I think someone told me it when I first started Moody that they like would leave two hours open in their day and just like ask the Lord what they want him to like do with it. And like, whether that's like sitting outside and like see who walks up to them or like sitting in um, our like coffee shop here on campus and just like seeing what happens. And I've like tried to implement that more into my semester this year. And it's been like such a sweet blessing to see like if I would have planned things at this time, I would have missed really sweet moments with people. And um, it just, 
allows yeah you to like trust god with that instead of having things like so rigidly from one thing to the next and i think that also plays a part in like we live in a very distraction based culture Mm -hmm. um people are constantly striving to be distracted and very like productive and independent and which like it can be hard to sit without those distractions but it also like can cause a lot of really sweet moments and growth if we like take that away yeah well and 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 in thinking through independence from god what are the things that i expect from god that only god can do that now i think i can manage and and some of them seem fairly innocuous they're not that big a deal like we regularly check the weather uh and and for a little while here in chicago if you're not here it was snowing today Mm -hmm. and it was like whoa it's okay it's not even we haven't even really gotten that far into the season it's already (laughs) snowing like wow this is different but uh my weather app didn't tell me it was supposed to snow this morning. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, I felt like I was in control of my day. I prepared for it. I mm-hmm. brought the right clothing and I'm not really in control of the yeah. weather. I'm not in control of a lot of things mm-hmm. that are going on around me. And often I think that even that distraction that you were talking about a second ago, we see that as filling a void that we probably are trying to deal with, overcome, or even ignore mm-hmm. that was meant for God to fill. Yeah. And so how do we... Uh, how do we recognize when that's happening? How do we recognize when, hey, this is actually taking over? Hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it's like, I feel like it's by each person too and just a more self-awareness of like, as you reflect on your time and like what you're doing with it. And like, for me personally, I can usually start to tell when I'm like using technology as like a distraction because I'll like get to the end of my day or quiet moments. And instead of choosing even like the things like spending time with the Lord, but also even choosing things like, well, I could go talk to this person or I could just sit and be still, like I choose to be on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like a personal way that I like help I'll identify it. But I think it really comes to like knowing yourself and knowing where you're at with the Lord and like when you're using things, whether that's your phone or other things as like a distraction um, instead of like, yeah, instead of just like living your life. Well, and, and recognizing what is it, what are the needs that were intended for only God to meet? Hmm. Yeah. Because if I can name those things, these are the things that I expect that, hey, only God can do this. Hmm. O- only God can help me understand my identity. Hmm. So when yeah. my identity is grounded in a piece of technology, and that's usually mostly about the crowd and what they think of me, hmm. um, then I've actually taken a source of identity. This is what God intended for identity versus identity from everyone else around me or even what what the device tells me. Uh, There was a study done recently in the last several years of of middle school girls had had set a level of the number of likes they had to have on Instagram. And if it didn't hit that level, they deleted the picture because they were crafting a portfolio Mm -hmm. To show here's who I am and every time I post something someone likes me so if it didn't hit you know 50 likes then they deleted it so that every post they had had more than 50 likes see I'm mm-hmm. liked interesting so that's interesting I mean you can take this on an individual level or a broader scale but then like my question to you is should churches like do you think then churches should use media at all or even believers um, because if we're like called to be humble and selfless and like same with the church like and oftentimes things like media and social or like texting and social media like uh, cause us to look very inward and self-focused first Mm -hmm. should we be engaging in that like type of media at all yeah I, i think it's a good question i think i think that the the key for me is 
where did I start from hmm. in terms of my identity? Because it's obvious that, you know, there's technology in Jesus' world. Yeah. And he's obviously engaging it. But but Jesus, it says, regularly retreats. He regularly hmm. gets away from the world, from his disciples, to go and spend time with the Father. Hmm. And, and there's a fantastic idea I love from uh, Henry Nouwen that he says that Jesus went away to hear God remind him who he was, hmm. why he was here, what he was doing. And, and for now, and he thinks that that reminder is, all goes back to the baptism of Jesus, where God says, this is my beloved son, my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased, the one I'm proud of. Uh, that he kept going back to God to hear God say, that's the core, the source of your identity. So when he engaged then the rest of the world, when he gets tempted in the wilderness by the devil, when he gets engaged with people who are trying to make him king, and he's not lost in the technology or the things that are in front of him, the opportunities that pop up. Mm. He's constantly there in that space thinking about who he is. So the key is what am I expecting from the technology? Yeah. If I'm expecting social media to give my identity, if I'm expecting my own activity, um, there, there is a great idea that I love from A.W. Tozer. And he says, anything that you think is going to be God will be crushed under the expectations mm. uh, that you have for it because it can never be God. It can never hold that weight. Uh, only God can really hold that weight. So the recognition is if I start there, if I start in that space out of acting out of the identity that he's given me, then the technology then becomes a means to do something rather than an end, mm -hmm. which is what I'm looking for. It's going to give me what I want. It's going to give me what I need to make my life work for me yeah. versus no, I'm going to get that from God, but this thing could help me do something. If you're creating dependencies on technology that were meant to be dependencies from God, then yes, your church is failing. If you're creating dependencies uh, on people in your community that were meant to be the community of Christ rather than the technology, then yes, you're failing. Now, let me, let me unpack that, because realistically, what I'm saying is that the technology doesn't create just independence from God, it creates independence from each other. We actually don't need each other. The, the mind-blowing part to me in terms of the pandemic, like you were talking about earlier, is that I could stay home and a whole bunch of people realized, like, I could order food in and the food would show up at my doorstep, even groceries, not, not just fast food, like anything. Uh, I could order all the stuff I needed from Amazon. My toilet paper would show up, all the stuff that I needed. Uh, I don't really even need to leave the house. In fact, my family doesn't even have to be here to help me do most of this stuff. Mm. I could manage almost all of this stuff on my own. I don't even need other people anymore. Um, but God said, it's not good that we're alone. Hmm. Uh, that, that's before there's sin. That's before there's brokenness. It's not good that we're alone. We were designed to be with other people. And yet this thing gives the illusion of relationship and community at times and pushes that idea forward without actually really giving it the, the fullness, the robust kind of relationships that are possible. So is it should churches use it? Uh, yeah, I think they should use it as a secondary component, as a secondary means. In my mind, it's always second best because best is the time that I spend with God and the time that I spend with others in real life embodied community. And so you'll hear me argue this for a while now, but um, the incarnation of Jesus is proof of the priority of face-to-face -face communication. If God just needed to mediate it, why did Jesus show up as a person? He wanted to see our faces. He wanted to be with us. He wanted to give us a hug and wrap our... And that's also part of key for church. Hmm. To be embodied, to be in community, to be incarnate for one another and say, hey, I'm here for you. 
not just on a phone or a text where I can edit you or respond to you whenever you want. Like you said, you're getting frustrated they're not responding. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen when I'm with you. It doesn't happen when we both show up. So if we're using it as an end to accomplish something that it wasn't intended to accomplish, then yeah, no, you're probably off. But if it's used as a means because I'm acting out of the identity that God gave me in community and live community with other people, and this is helping me do something, then okay, there's some there's some possibilities. I still think there's dangers there, but I think you can at least make a case for saying, okay, we can use this that way. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It is interesting because like, yeah, I think it does really, technology has really negatively impacted like the body of Christ in this, and especially with like things like online church. And there are like, I think some benefits to that maybe. I don't know, that could be argued, um, but it has like, isolated people and allow them to be segregated and I think sin breeds most in isolation and that's like what the devil intends for us is to get us alone and so mm-hmm. like that's so much easier to attack us when we're not with others so yeah that is like I would agree with what you said and it was like an interesting point but the other thing that I'm even wrestling with is uh, there was a discussion that was happening in some communication articles and theories lately about just asking the question, do we actually even ever miss each other anymore? Mm, yeah. I mean, like, realistically, if I can just text you whenever I want, you're always, it's a concept called pervasive presence, mm-hmm. that you're always kind of present to me in the back of my mind, like, hey, all these people, I could just get a hold of them whenever I want. I probably text my dad right now, and he could get back to me, although my dad's not great at texting, so mm-hmm. he, he, he's not a big fan. <laughs> he's not, it's not that he's not good at, my dad's a tech guy, so he's very good, at, he just doesn't like texting for some yeah. reason. I don't, but, but realistically, like, I could text my dad or my mom or my brother, and my brother lives uh, you know, on the other side of the country, and realistically, he get back to me. Yeah, that's cool, but it's—is it the same as being with him? And so, if it's not, which I don't think it is, then do we really miss people anymore? Do you? Yeah. What, so, I, do you miss people? Like, when was the last time you missed somebody? Yeah, I say that I do. Honestly, this summer I like was living on campus alone, and that like mm-hmm. was I the last time I remember truly missing someone and honestly it was like with people that I couldn't get a hold of Mm. either and so um I think that constant communication that we have via things like our phone just creates this like facade connect or like this almost like fake connection we have with others and not that like parts of that aren't real but it just creates this reliance that we can like fully communicate with these people but there's like not a whole lot of depth to it and then when you are with people or even communicating with them via technology, the intentionality is often lost. Yeah, so I know I probably the last time was like this summer and those were people that I like wasn't really in a lot of contact with. Um, and even like when I was via like technology, it like wasn't the same. And so like that was like it just, yeah, that's like the last time I remember truly missing someone. Yeah, well, and, and and so then when you do see them, when yeah. you do see the person you actually missed, you haven't seen this person, talked mm-hmm. to them in a long time, and now I get to hang out with them. I had a friend show up this summer, uh, and he called me up and said, hey, let's go hang out. So we went and hung out for a while, and we just talked for like an hour and a half. Super easy not to be distracted. Yeah. Because it was like, I'm not going to get this time back. and yeah. I, I, I don't know when we're going to talk again. Mm-hmm. Like, this is important. Yeah. I need to make sure that I'm having this conversation well. And... So the notion of we don't miss each other, but it also is hitting on something that you just said a second ago, that when we do communicate, we have the the idea of communication. We have the perception yeah. of, hey, we're connecting and relating to these people, but we're also doing it while we're doing other stuff. Yeah. So they don't really have our attention. 
Yeah, that's so true. And I also think, too, like, social media and technology gives us the illusion that we know others. I was, like, talking to a friend not that long ago, and she was saying, like, she had, like, posted a little bit about, like, her life online this summer, and she went to, like, go talk to a friend, and they were like, oh, I already, like, know that. And so so you're, like, often losing this connection because people think that they're already, like, informed about your life and stuff and so then when you again I think that just there's a lot of intentionality that's lost because of technology when it comes to relationships because we have yeah both the intentionality when we're communicating with people through technology when we're communicating with people in person after we've communicated with them in technology and I think that there's benefits um I'm like so thankful to be able to like FaceTime friends that like live in other states and other countries and like that I think is really cool but yeah it definitely is like also probably negatively I know affected me greatly the way that I like interact with others well and and I, I think that for me the the times that I have tried to actually say okay we're going to set everything aside we're going to focus um, what I've noticed and this is fascinating because there's times where I'll be with somebody or I'll be talking to somebody and I'm literally watching all the people around me and they're all talking to someone who's not with them Mm. They're, you know, I'm texting this person or I'm calling this person or, I'm, yeah. you know, trying to, hey, I mean, I've even watched people FaceTime mm. on a train, not not a great place to FaceTime, but yeah. FaceTime somebody on a train and I'm thinking like, okay, but it's even happened here. Mm. Like I've been at Moody, all of you are here, you're engaging one and you're all doing. And so I look and I think you're missing each other and f- the people in front of you yeah. to be with someone who's not here and you're not actually really getting the kind of connection through this device, through this technology that mm-hmm. you're using, that you would if you just talked to the person who's standing in front of you in line. Yeah. And so how often we simply say, hey, let's just put this down and actually, what what's the most fascinating to me is actually start a conversation with a person I don't know, like in line at a coffee mm-hmm. shop or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, I, no, I've been there. Oh, do you look like you, you got a hat that says you've been to this. That's cool. Yeah. Where'd you go? Oh, you were in California. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, we don't do that anymore. There's all these amazing stories that are literally walking around right in front of us and we never even ask because the people we quote unquote want to talk to are the people who are on our device and we can get to them whenever we want. So we might as well do that. Yeah. No, I definitely am someone that can like easily follow into that. I like am someone that like replies fairly quickly and like is really tries to be on top of that. But yeah, I have often found myself like missing what's in front of me too. And like it is a really like cool like and fascinating thing to get to know like especially like random people i just was in the airport a couple weeks ago going home and there was no gate for my flight like there just like happened to be like no gate for the flight that we were on so i like ended up being with like this whole group of people who were trying to get on this flight to minnesota that just like really didn't exist at that point and like ended up meeting this like christian girl who lived in wisconsin and this other girl who like worked in special ed like here in illinois and like my dad had like tried to call me when i was in the airport and like i didn't get to it later and that's like something that's like it's hard for me to miss that like those calls and those texts but i'm like well what a like cool thing that i would have missed out that was in front of me if i would have like been engaged with my phone and um, not that him calling me was, like, bad or, like, anything, but, like, we miss a lot of, like, really cool stories of people in front of us when we, like, don't have, like, the technology as accessible to us. Yeah. Well, and and then we allow the, uh, well, we talked, mm-hmm. we, we texted, so we obviously communicated, 
And so what you're talking about earlier on, in terms yeah. of social media is, so I saw a status update. Yeah. And, and, and the problem with the status update, honestly, is um, it didn't actually relate personally. Most yeah. of the status updates I see are largely press releases. Hmm. Uh, hey, we went to this place and we did this cool thing. Cool. Uh, hey, we actually started going out with this person or broke up with that person. Or, hey, we got engaged or I graduated. Or hmm. all those things are mostly press releases. They're not actually relational things. Yeah. They're just information. Mm-hmm. And information isn't what relationships are about. Mm-hmm. If you if you reduce a relationship to information, it ultimately lacks all of the things that we love about a relationship. Hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I even think of like body language, and I this statistic might be wrong, but I think like I thought I heard someone say that most communication is like seventy percent body language, Usually or it's like higher a, than that. Yeah. yeah, it's like a very high number. So it's crazy to think that when we numb like dumb down our communication and just like texting like we're losing so much of the actual communication because you're losing body language you're using tone of voice you're using like there's so many other parts other than just words that go into communicating that we like miss when we just use social media and so it's like crazy I've like really been convicted on that this last year about like when to address things over text and how much to communicate with people over text and like and like even just social media and my phone in general and how like to take a step away from that has been like really good in a lot of ways yeah and 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 so trying to figure out what does a healthy boundary look like what how how do i because ultimately if if we're honest like okay Mm -hmm. so this is this technology tends to create this independence from god Mm -hmm. well i don't need god because i can manage you know know the weather i can know my schedule i can plan out my time i can pay my bills i can Mm -hmm. you know get a job i can do all these things that you know are mine and i can do them all by myself and i don't need help uh and then it's now well even if i needed help i could actually just go to other people and i can i can connect with other people and i can use media to do that on social media or you know linkedin i have my linkedin profile can help me find other people so I can still solve all my own problems and then people are the solution but then the technology if I don't use it well then makes me less dependent on other people and in fact sometimes I don't even like to be with other people I don't even know how to talk to them anymore Yeah. and yet it's not going to stop there because the last thing that we're, we're wrestling with in the rebellion is ultimately that not only did it push me away from God mm-hmm. and not only did it push me away from other people, it actually started pushing me away from myself. Mm-hmm. It's distracting me from me. Like I can keep my focus and I've watched some people. It's fascinating just watching those people as I traveled. I saw people that literally would just sit and watch YouTube for six hours. And I was like, did yeah. you at any moment just have a like, yeah. uh, you should probably eat. Yeah. At some point here. Like, you're not even paying attention to yourself and your own rhythms and what you need. Like, I should probably not do this for this extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I probably need to think about what is what does my body need? What does my soul need mm-hmm. um, individually? And because if I did that well, if I actually stop and did the reflective work kind of like you're talking about, um, realistically, I'd go, okay, well, you know what? I do need people. Oh, and mm-hmm. I do need God. Yeah. If, but it's it's beyond that it's actually distracting me from me Mm. so it keeps me from thinking about the things that i need because it keeps me busy in my mind elsewhere Mm. yeah that's so true that is very interesting it like is takes it away from self-awareness and more towards selfishness while also like distracting us from like the problems and things like that we are facing it's also very like 
like overstimulating like technology <laughs> yep, is. Yep. I've like realized that so much this semester of like already being in a city that's like very loud mm-hmm. and overstimulating mm-hmm. at a school that's very loud and <laughs> overstimulating right. and then having jobs that are very based around technology and like emails and calls mm-hmm. and people reaching out to me in different facets like it is a very like very overstimulating and anxiety driving thing when mm-hmm. we allow technology to take a core part of our lives and it's interesting because like even it can like we think that it creates such a deep connection with other people too but in reality like they often talk about that like the most connection we feel with people is when we experience things like beauty and that's often found in things like art and nature which are so not technology based and so when we're experiencing like like the most connected you can feel to someone is when you're like out in nature with them or like experiencing art with them those are so like often removed from technology like nature is like the most removed from like technology sure. you know and so it's so, it's so interesting is like we think it creates these like deep connections as well as helps us so much but in reality it's doing quite the opposite um and probably like destroying those connections as well as giving us this illusion that we have them which is very interesting while also like driving our anxiety and overstimulation very far up Sure. And, and, and even so, so it's, it's trying to pretend like it's filling the need mm-hmm. like cotton candy, Yeah, but it never really giving you enough to be full. So you actually get, Oh, well I'm satisfied now. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, part of what a lot of people are wrestling with after watching that mm-hmm. documentary, the social dilemma. Yeah. They're, they're starting to realize, Oh, this, Man. this group of people are all trying to keep us distracted and focused yeah. on what's going on. <laughs> and, and then it's not simply just us trying to do it, but realistically, uh, they're making money doing it. Yeah. And and so the question is, how do we then recover from a level of independence from God, which is built into our brokenness and our sinfulness? Mm. How do we recover um, a, a level of dependence on other people and actually engaging them when it's just easier to use technology? And, and largely because, and we'll talk about this in an upcoming episode, but technology is predictable, which makes mm. it safe. Hmm. People are not safe. People are not predictable. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know when they're going to get mad about something yeah. or just start yelling at you for because they had a bad day. Uh, technology doesn't do that. It mm. actually yeah, gives me what I want and it allows me to get what I want when I want it, which plays right back into my brokenness. Hmm. But it ultimately doesn't actually satisfy me. Hmm. It just gives me enough to keep me coming back for more. Hmm. So this, in, in thinking through, and I'm sure I've had some students asking, like, okay, so what do we do different? Mm. Like, how how do we, um, how do we work on this? Because realistically, here, um, this is deep. This is yeah. heavy. This is like, okay, we're not just talking about technology anymore. We're talking about our brokenness and sinfulness as human beings. Uh, and and my response when they've asked me those questions and kind of wrestle with that is. I think it always keeps coming back to that story. Uh, I am broken and sinful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am made in the image of God. I'm made to be creative, and, and technology does allow me to do that. And we'll talk more about that coming up as well. But the, the solution to my brokenness isn't going to be found in technology. And ultimately, it's not even going to be found in other people. Mm, yeah. The solution to my brokenness is found in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so if the answer is, well, more technology, which is the story we talked about 
couple weeks ago when we talked about the story of evolution, just throw more technology at it. And we're going to dig into that a little further, too. Uh, that's not going to solve the problem. Yeah. The problem that is going to have to go back to Jesus and start asking some things about mm. what did Jesus do? Mm. How, how did he act? What, what were the ways that he interacted with people? And so first, one of them is that Jesus was interruptible. Mm. Uh, there are lots of moments where he's scheduled to do things and he just doesn't do them. He just goes and hangs out with somebody like, hey, we're going over here. Hey, look, Zacchaeus is in a tree. Let's go to his house for lunch. Like, um, that, we, we, that wasn't the plan. We actually had a reservation somewhere. Mm. Like, no, we're going to his house. Yeah. There's a lot of moments for Jesus where he's not in a hurry. Mm. And, and part of the, the concern for me often when people start telling me about what they're doing with technology is that, frankly, they're usually caught up in its values yeah. which makes them hurry. So yeah. one of the ways I can usually diagnose when someone of you says to me, hey, uh, I actually, you know, I'm not sure this is a problem for me. Um, one of my questions is, uh, is everything feel like it's going fast? Hmm. Like there's too much. It's all coming at you so <laughs> fast. It's usually a sign that this is a problem. Yeah. Because I don't get the impression that Jesus was ever really that much in a hurry. Yeah. That's so true. And it's crazy. Actually, me and my roommate were talking last night about this. Um, God, I think, also isn't even, like, in a hurry in the sense of, like, if you look at creation, like, God could have created that all instantaneously. And instead, he took six days, like, to do that, which is just, like, crazy, like, that he, too, like, could have made this happen so quick and, like, in a millisecond. And, like, he chose to take, like, his time and slow down with that. So... It's like a yeah, well, and, and there's, a, there's a question that was asked by a theologian that said, um, what speed does God work at? And the answer was, well, he never goes faster than four miles an hour. Mm. Uh, because when this theologian was looking at the life of Jesus, he noticed that he never actually got in a cart or a chariot or rode a horse. That he was only ever just going as fast. He never even ran. Mm. Yeah. He's literally always walking. Yeah. About four miles an hour. Yeah. So he's not in a hurry. There was a lot to get done. He had a lot to get done in three years, at least the the way we would think. And so we'd say Jesus needs to be more productive. And yet he kept going to places where he was less productive. Hmm. He was running away from people. He was pushing people away. He was not even like, hey, yeah, let's get thousands and that. No, sometimes I want you to not have that many people. He is not productive. He is not efficient. Because he knew the value of relationships, Hmm. and so he slowed down. Hmm. Uh, Which is kind of one of the keys for me often in talking about this, is thinking through, uh, are we going too fast? Hmm. Are we setting expectations about what should be able to be accomplished as a human being because we're in this system and and we have all these tools and we can do, right? But we're still wrestling with the fact that we're working with human beings. And so I had a conversation with my daughter the other day and she was trying to tell me like, well, we can move faster. We can do some of these things. Technology will make this stuff happen. And I said, listen, honey, I get what you're saying, but I don't think we're ever really going to move any faster than humans will let us move. Yeah. They had this conversation about self-driving cars and I've been, I'm in the moment we can get a car that like, everybody's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm like, I got on airplanes all the time and I (laughs) never saw the pilot. I am totally fine. The fact that most of the time those planes were probably on autopilot. Hmm. I will get in. I have never seen the conductor on a train. I get in a train all the time and ride in. I don't care. 
Uh, so you just, I mean, I don't know that I want to see out the front window. <laughs> like I probably want it blocked off and just I'll get in and we'll drive and we'll be fine. But the reason that they've said we, we should have self-driving cars, we should have probably already had them. What's slowing them down is some of it, some of it's about the technology, but mostly it's about the people. Hmm. The people only move at a certain speed. And in some ways I would argue that's actually good. Yeah. It's good that we don't just go, okay, whatever's coming next, just take it. We'll, we'll just move on. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We actually took the time to slow down and ask ourselves, how is this helping me get there? Yeah. So how are you dealing with the speed? Because it's coming yeah. at you. Yeah. Not well, personally. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I'm so, like, that's something I'm, like, personally wrestling with this semester of, like, I am someone that like prides myself off of being able to get it all done and get it done fast and efficient and quickly and do it all. And I just like am learning more and more that although honestly, like I think I can do a lot, like it's just not healthy or effective or really edifying to the Lord to do that and not like sustainable. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a constant process of me like struggling with that and like figuring out what to take out and when to slow down and when to not. And when things do need to get done and when to not and so yeah it's just like a constant progress in that but I honestly it's something I'm like really working on because I am a very like fast-paced driven on top of everything doing it all all the time and I'm like just learning more and more that although culture tells us that's like the best thing for us it like truly is not always the right thing so so what have you found that helped you to slow down Hmm. Like to actually say, okay, we're going to break up this pattern. I'm not going to let this thing. What, what What's helping you slow down a little bit? Yeah, I think just like setting boundaries in my life, honestly. I think personally it came down to prioritizing like what is the most important that needs to stay in my life um, right now that has my biggest focus and what else can I take away so I do have margin in my life. How Like when do I need to shut off my phone and just not have it so I can be fully present where I'm at. Um yeah, like when can I leave a couple hours just open to see what happens or like not plan something and just like go sit in like the plaza or like sit in my room and just kind of like enjoy that. And so it's just like setting up lines and like like chunks of time in my day as well as truly like prioritizing of like, okay, hey, what can I like take out? What is most important? What does need like a committed amount of time and my full attention and what doesn't? And like, how can I take out distractions? like my phone or like what other whatever else so I can be fully present in the things that I'm in yeah so that's like but but I but I think what you need to hear there and what what you got to be clear about is that that's not going to happen on accident yeah Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen because well you know one day I just kind of figured like "Mm, this is actually and and this is one thing that I I talk about a lot is uh, this is a system that is constantly pushing for more technology, more integration, mm-hmm. more speed, more efficiency, more power. Let's go. Uh, you're going to have to work against it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it's not a natural, oh, yeah, no, this oh, will just naturally just, yeah. you know, everything's going to, no, it'll all naturally come to some kind of balance and even things out. Like, no, I'm actually going to have to yeah. set some boundaries and actually be intentional about what yeah. do I really want. Not what do I want that my phone told me I wanted. Not what do I want that social media told me I wanted. Not even what do I want based on all the notifications and things that are dinging and going off all of the time telling me I should do. 
what do I really want? And then make the decisions based on those values. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, like you said, like culture is telling us the opposite, to be immediate, to be involved in everything all the time. And yeah, that was last semester. I like was fully, I was committed to a lot of things and constantly being consumed with technology and life and people and events and like was drowning honestly but was still able to handle it all like people often was like oh I got so packed and I like couldn't handle it anymore and the reality for me is like no I like could handle it I was able to do it and was it healthy no but I like walked away being like man I like handled it all and walked away not loving like who I was and like And I think about that too. I like missed out on so many relationships because of like the way that I lived my life. And now I'm in my senior year with a lot of new friends being like, man, I wish I had had the capacity to like fully invest in them and like be with them last semester. Cause truly I hung out with like the same four people last year because (laughs) like I just was so like spread thin and like got everything done, got school done, got homework done, met all of the notifications that got sent to me. But like, walked away being like man I lost out on relationships and like I was not living in a way that was like edifying to the Lord nor did I have margin in my life to like spend time with the Lord people or deal with like outside things that came in that I like wasn't expecting and so like the thing is is like we can handle a whole lot and we can continue to like spread our self-sins and be super productive but like at the end of the day we lose out on the things that are like the most meaningful then too yeah absolutely well and 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 a byproduct of that for a lot of people is they think they can handle it and then they start experiencing higher levels of anxiety and and stress and (laughs) worry and then health issues that go along with all those things and so there's this notion like we're going to handle this we're going to make our way through it we're just going to put our head down and push and we're going to keep going and my response is why yeah. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Mm-hmm. This this level of anxiety, I think you can clearly tie to the amount of information and at the speed at which it's coming at us. Mm-hmm. There's too much stuff coming at us. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I've talked about this in other places, but that's why I think the most important skill in the future is the ability to edit, mm-hmm. to decide what's important, what I'm keeping, what I'm yeah. not. And, and realistically, it, which things I should keep are based on the values that you're talking about. Yeah. Does this help me become more dependent on God or does this help me become less? Hmm. Does this help me become more dependent and engaged? And, and I don't mean, you know, codependent. I mean, actually healthy dependence yeah. on the fact that I need relationships that I wasn't meant to be alone. Yeah. Does this help me be more aware of myself and actually manage my expectations and the things that I'm living through or does less? Yeah. There's some really important questions, and, and I'm hoping for you all that are listening out there that you're wrestling with some of these questions too. Mm-hmm. And and asking those questions, not just of yourself, uh, but of other people, because here's the other thing that I noticed. Oftentimes when people come to the awareness yeah. of, hey, this is you know where I'm at, they had other people around them who were going, you notice that you're going too fast, or yeah. you notice that you seem kind of stressed, or I, I, no, you said like four days in a row you're not sleeping very well. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, those people around me help me see me. Yeah. Help me see myself. Social media is not going to do that. Yeah. The people who are in relationships are. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping and praying that if you are right now sitting out there and listening to this and asking questions, you're like, I don't know if this is true. I hope and pray you have friends who you can yeah. sit down and have this conversation with yeah. and say, um, yeah, I feel stressed. Can Do you have any feedback? You seeing anything here? Mm-hmm. That people that can hold us accountable, that can encourage us when we're feeling like, hey, it's overwhelming. Yeah. 
and ultimately support us when we're feeling vulnerable and hey like we got to make some changes yeah. so. <laughs> so uh i just want to say thank you for, yeah. for being honest and open and vulnerable today yeah. talking about the stuff you're wrestling with it's been really helpful and hopefully all of you out there from this conversation are starting to have conversations with your friends as well yeah. if you have questions that you want to ask please as always send them to profpedit at gmail.com and i look forward to hearing from you and i look forward to the next episode you should come back sometime peyton yeah. it's been a great <laughs> I conversation love to. thank you all right take care <laughs>